Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. By watching your life, mother and dad, will your children understand the most important thing in all the world is knowing Jesus Christ as personal Savior? Not from your words, but from your life. You see, I told you there's only two things that are eternal. One is the Word of God to her people. Number two, what will your kids, if they pattern their life after you, what will your kids do with God's Word? What place does God's Word have in your life? As believers in Christ, we live by the Word. It's vital to our lives, giving us everything we need to walk through this world as righteous people, living for one thing, to serve the Lord. Believing parents want their children to know this same joy, but they often neglect to communicate that the Word isn't just a book of rules or history. The Word is God. If your children see you going to Scripture for answers, for guidance, seeking truth, hearing you read, they will begin a relationship with the Word before they can even read it for themselves. Pray with your children. Read the Word with them. Give them scripture to guide them and it will manifest in their hearts. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Malachi, chapter 2, verse 15, with our continuing study entitled, Building Better Children. Faith offers all of these things. And you and I as parents must realize that there is a force against us. But God had other ideas. So he challenges us as parents. Let's turn to the book of Malachi. Just before you go to Matthew, first book in the New Testament, and then, then go back. And right there you'll find, in that area you'll find Malachi. God had a challenge to parents. God's challenge to parents is godly children, kids, that know God, that understand God, that firsthand have an experience with Him. Now this is in a passage of Scripture where God speaks about hating divorce. But let's look what He says in verse 15. Malachi 2, verse 15. Has not the Lord made them one? In flesh and spirit they are His. And why one? Because He was seeking what? godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. So God says, it's not complicated. Out of this home are going to come loving children. People, kids, boys, girls that are going to live somewhere forever. What's my goal coming out of this home? He says it there. Godly offspring. So what God is looking for is a godly husband who knows Jesus Christ, a godly wife who knows Jesus Christ, raising godly children. That's the goal. The family is the place where the kids are shaped in their direction for life. This is where the husband and wife are to be the loving role models. Now, even as I'm saying some of that, some of you are saying this morning, well, I didn't have that kind of upbringing. What do you mean? 
I mean, I didn't find God until two weeks ago. And I'm 30. I'm 50. I never had that. I had good parents, but I never learned about God. What is the deal here? Well, that shows you this morning one thing. God's grace and God's mercy. Let's put everybody at ease today. I'm going to ask all those couples that are perfect parents just to come up on stage this morning. I want you to join Linda and I. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because there are no perfect parents, is that correct? As you look at your life, either as a child, being raised in a home, a grandparent, as you look at your life, your life is filled with bumps, just like every other life. I can say this morning that both of our children know Jesus Christ. They're Christians. Were we perfect parents? Far from it. We failed. It's God's grace. We tried. That was our goal. We were raised, my wife and I, in Christian homes. Both had Christian parents. Rarities. Our kids were raised in a Christian home. They were virgins when they married. They married Christian mates. Our son already been through a divorce. The wife walked away. Supposed Christian. We don't know. We've all hurt, haven't we? We all come with disasters. We all come with tough things, but we try. You have to just start where you're at and go forward. You can't go back. You can't go back 30 years. You can't go back a week. You start where you're at and say, wherever I'm at, my parents weren't godly. Man, I wish I'd had parents like you. Well, we weren't perfect. And the only reason our kids are saved today is not because of Lynn and I, really. It's because of God's grace. And it's mercy. By the way, they have to make their own choice. Some of you have wayward kids, and you're partly responsible, maybe almost fully responsible. We'll give you some responsibilities at the end to do. So, so don't be bitter. Just take you where you're at. You can, that's all we can do. Those of you that have young children today, man, you have great privilege ahead. You're going to hear the word. Something some of you older people never heard, ever. And you say, if I could go back 30 years and hear what you're going to teach today, it would have made a difference. It probably would have. But that's what Satan has done. He's stolen the truth of the Word from us. So relax. Some of you are single parents. You're saying, well, Pastor Mark, you're going to talk about dads. You're going to talk about this. There isn't any dad image in our home. That's all right. Anytime you're a Christian and you have God, you're a majority. Do you got it? Do you got it? You're already a majority. So God will do double duty. Single mom, single dad, God will do double duty. So let's go through this and see. Now, how young should I start teaching my kids to try to be godly? Well, CNN says research suggests babies learn vocabulary in the first year. By seven and a half months, a baby can consistently tell the difference between sound-alike words cut and cup. By 18, during the, that period of time, till 18 months, babies learn roughly one word every three days. How soon should we start? Pretty soon. In other words, they're sharp, they're young, they understand what's happening. So you can see, let me give you some statistics this morning. You can see that our children that come out of this home at a very young age, now remember some of these things quickly. Number one, every child that's born is born in sin because we have a sin nature. Now, about the age of four, your child may be different, they begin to understand, they begin to have this area in their life that we call conscience. 
They begin to develop it somewhere around the age of four. You've seen the sin before that. The word mine is one of their first wordies. And now they probably could have learned it from you, but it's their own without learning it from you. Mine, selfish, give it to me, hit you, whatever. They, they learn it. They got it. That's the sin nature. Now, from four years old, during those young years now to preteens, these childhood years are where right and wrong are formulated. It's where the rubber starts to hit the road. And this is where between 4 and 10, 12, 13, 14, this is where a young child learns their concept of who God is. And the problem is, during those years, that concept begins to solidify. So here's statistics that have been done over and over again. Listen. A recent study showed that most adults who were Christians, who have accepted Jesus Christ, when asked when they came to God, came between the ages of 4 and 14. Are children important to God? Oh, yes. There, another study, more recent, when they asked people who had come to God, here's what they found. Adults, many years older, 85% of those adults came to God before the age of 18. 85 now, is it any wonder Jesus says, let the little children come to me? See, because at a young age, I don't have all this worldly stuff floating in my mind. Here's what a young child learns and understands. I believe it's part of them. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Boom. That's all they need to know. I was saved at the age of five. You say, well, you couldn't understand everything at the age of five. I'm 54. I still don't understand everything. But I do know Jesus loves me. This I know. By the way, that's all you really need to know. There's lots more. But all you need to know that there is a God. He created you to know him, and he loves you. That's pretty reassuring, isn't it? At a young age, that happens. Now, what happens as we get older? We take this young child who can understand that. What happens as we get older? Satan bombards us with all kinds of things. The theories of evolution, all this. By the way, they're all theories. If you have never understood that, go back to our series on Genesis. All that's garbage. It's all jet. The world has no clue. They keep changing it. Big bang, little bang, late bang, early bang. Doesn't matter. They just keep changing it. There's a God. Forget the bang. There's a God. And as you go out, here's what happens. Over and over in your life, when you're presented the gospel, here's what happens. Every time you reject, your heart gets a little harder. You're 30 and 40 and 50. Most people are, listen, too proud to admit for the last 40 years they've been living wrong. So now, to save face and yet still go to hell... To save face, they will not accept Jesus Christ. But that's changing, isn't it? We've seen people from all ages. Yesterday at the beach, all ages. Wonderful. We had a 90-year-old recently. Man, that's a hard heart. That really changed. Banana peel and step, man, they're gone. But they came to God. That's why? Because of God's grace. So is Jesus concerned about kids and teens? You betcha. So God created, listen to this, God created young children to grow up 
and know Him from a young age. In other words, God didn't create for kids to come out of our home and go to the age of 27 and go, okay, time to be saved. He created them to be saved when? Young. Four, five, six, seven. When their hearts are soft and tender. I want to give you some things now. You won't be able to write them all down. We're going to go very fast. But I want to challenge you this. Let me have your mind quickly. If you today, wherever you're at as a parent, and whatever age your children are, if your children grow up and pattern their life in the same kind of relationship you have with God, where you're at sitting here today, if your kids pattern their life from what they've seen today in the last few years in their life, would you be satisfied with their relationship with God? In other words, if you went 40 years from now, 30 years from now, 20 years from now, and you see your kids, and you see them living, and you go, they're doing what I did. Here's some questions for us. Number one, by watching your life, mother and dad, will your children understand the most important thing in all the world is knowing Jesus Christ as personal Savior? Not from your words, but from your life. You see, I told you there's only two things that are eternal. One is the Word of God to her people. Number two, what will your kids, if they pattern their life after you, what will your kids do with God's Word? What place does God's Word have in your life? During a typical week, parent, do you ever read it? Do you ever open it? Do you ever read it to your kids out loud? Or do you... Come to church. Or, I need a Bible every week. You live in America, you don't even have a Bible. can't find it. It's not important to you. See, this is God's mind to you. What you see your kids doing, if you're never in the Word of God, are you surprised that your kids aren't going to be in the Word of God? Number three. What will they think about prayer as they watch your life? Will they say, well, here's what we do. We pray for every meal. That's good. Well, my dad once in a while prays for me at bedtime. That's good. Or will they only see that prayer in your house is when there's a crisis? We got the diagnosis. The car was in a wreck. Dad was laid off. Let's go to prayer. Or will they see and remember that mom and dad knelt down at their bed a few times a week and prayed for them? Have they ever seen mom and dad praying for their children when they got up early in the morning? Number four, if your kids live like you do in relationship to the church, what role will the church have in their adult lives? Will they attend with the same frequency as you? Will they worship like you worshiped this morning? Number five, what responsibility will they take in the church? If they serve in the church like you serve, will they see that it's good to help in the parking lot when we ask for people in the kids' ministry, ushers, volunteers, special projects? Will they see that all of that is part of church life? Will they pattern their life after you because they've seen you, husband and wife serving? Or will they hear things like this? Well, somebody else will do it. I mean, we're really too busy. I mean, we went to church three weeks ago. What's the big deal? Would it surprise you if your kids 
When you get back to God and when you get on fire and you see your grandkids and the grandkids come every month to church, will it surprise you? What pattern have you led? Number six, will your children understand God's will for their lives that it's good and perfect? You know, at a young age, you need to be saying to your children, God has a plan for your life. God's plan for your life is good. You need to be praying for your future mate, for your kids, at a young age, and asking God. They need to understand God's will. Number seven, will they understand that putting God first in every area of their life equals success? Anything else doesn't equal success. Will they understand that not from your preaching, not from your Sunday school lesson, but from your lifestyle in the home? Or will they see that money and position, having your own business, sacrificing the family for this or that, will they see that and go, but dad says, but this is what they're doing. Number eight, will they have a biblical view of marriage? See, that's the disaster that we have in our life today. So many people were raised in a home, they don't understand what a biblical view of marriage is. And that's why people come out of the woodwork when you teach on marriage, because they want to know, because they know what's happening can't be right. Do your children understand what I just talked about? I already talked about it earlier. I'm not going to go through that. Commitment. Commitment to God first. Do they understand, even though maybe you blew it and married a non-believer, or both of you were non-believer, but now God's brought you in? That's wonderful, isn't it? Will they understand the only way God wants you to do this, to marry a believer, somebody that absolutely believes like you? Will they understand sexuality in marriage? Or will they take the world's view? Will they understand what it means to love a wife? Will they understand that sexuality is good, it's great, if within the boundaries of marriage? Number nine, will they understand the Great Commission? If your kids pattern their life after your witnessing, what will happen? When is the last time you shared with somebody at work the gospel? When's the last time a neighbor came knocking on your door saying, we're hurting? And you said, well, come on in. Let's have a piece of pie and whatever, and we'll talk to you about God. He can change your life. When is the last time you thought about people in your workplace, in your neighborhood, that are going to hell without Jesus Christ? We're not talking about bombarding people going door to door. I'm talking about that you pray for God to open the door, and you say to your kids when you come home, you know what happened today, kids? I prayed that God would open the door and this person at work just stopped by the desk and started talking. Man, what an unbelievable opportunity. Will they get the enthusiasm for you? Or will they hear you when you go home today and say, Man, a pastor really laid it on hard, did he? We can't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> Number 10. If you miss all the others I gave you, this is the one. Will they understand that Christianity is a superior way to live? Not by what you say, but how you live. Will they understand that when you talk about church in your home, and when you talk about it, you go, man, i got to go to church again today. The pastor said, if I'm not a good dad, i got to be to church every week, and I guess I need help in the parking lot. We'll have to do that. And Mom, you go serve in the kids' ministry or whatever. Man, God help us find another church. This is absolutely ridiculous. Or when they drive by the church and the kids say, hey, we'd like to go to church today. And eh, we were there a few weeks ago. What's the big deal? You know, it's not too exciting going to church. Isn't it great to come to church and be happy? 
When's the last time you enjoyed being in church? Hopefully it was last Sunday. <laughs> Nobody said anything. I'm waiting for you, somebody to say something. It should always be that way. See, if kids grow up from a young age understanding serving God is the absolute best thing in all their life, guess what their kids are going to believe? You got it. But the world today says, nah, it's legalism. If you're serving God, if you're doing all these things, you're going to go home and say, well, I'm going to get by the bed. I'm going to do this for my kid because the pastor said i got to do it. Let's pray. Oh, God, we pray for my child. And I... What a joke. What a joke. But if it comes from your heart, it's different. Let's turn to the book of Deuteronomy. Three or four books in. Deuteronomy chapter 6. So let me give you this morning God's provision for parents, the Word of God. When you and I understand the challenge that we have to raise godly children, God provides the ability to do that. Let me tell you this morning, without God's help, you will not raise godly children. It's impossible. You always need God's help. And that's why marriage is a threesome, a husband and a wife devoted to God. You need His help. But He's also given us the Word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and of your gates. Understand this principle. You as parents can only model and train that which you are and know. Did you get it? You can only model and train that which you are and know. Let's take the Sandhill Cranes. That mother and dad were teaching that little Sandhill Crane, that little baby, to survive, to eat. What if the little baby came out there and the dad and the mom said, well, here's how you get good juicy grubs. You stand on the ground and you just start patting your feet. And these grubs hear that and they come up to see what the noise is and get a little few rays. And then you can just reach down with your feet and pop them in your mouth. And that's the way you get grubs. How many know the baby would starve to death? Grubs aren't coming to the ground because the sandhill cranes are stomping their feet. God gave the cranes what? This beak about this long. To do what? Go down where the grubs are. So the mother and dad can only teach that which they know. So they say to the baby, and I was out there. I was watching that big sucker coming toward me, man. I was, uh, that mom's going, mm, grub. Baby goes, ooh, this is good. Mm, grub. There he is. He's learning. Why? Because he saw mom and dad do it. Many of you have no clue how to raise your kids. Because this is God's manual for raising children, by the way. It's never changed. We just read it. Moses is saying to the children of Israel here, they just got the Ten Commandments. And he says, we're a nation. God wants us to raise godly children. Here's how you do it. The commandments that I'm writing here. You can't teach your children that which you do not know. You can't model that which you are not living. So God says, it's not hard. How we live our lives will impact our kids far more than anything we can say to them. As we learn today, how we pray, view the Word, experience church, 
All these things are communicated to our children as guidelines for their own behavior. Pastor Mark challenged parents to think about how their own lives measure up as a model for their children. As he said, each parent is to know, love, and live God's Word. Facebook and Twitter have become a regular part of our everyday lives, and we want to be sure to encourage you to check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information about everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we will receive some excellent encouragement about how to raise godly children. Beyond our typical expectations, we should first be concerned about communicating the importance of having a heart after God. From biblical discipline to the rewards that come from being godly parents, Pastor Mark will give us some tasks to accomplish with our children immediately that will be the start of a fruitful relationship. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Mark. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 